week and a half ago, a uh, lady ordered a few books uh, from me, Daily Medicine. They're at the back, actually, if you want them. They're really good. Um, <laughs> took me years to write the thing. But um, uh, she ordered uh, three books, and I, I wondered why. But anyway, I found out the address, so went around to see her, dropped the books off. She was, lived in, in uh, Tauranga. And so I said, well, what's your story? How come you want three books? Like, usually people want one book. And uh, so she said, well, I've already got a book, but I want to give these away because we came along to your healing meetings, and um, my husband had, uh, he was battling cancer. So we just wanted to come along to the healing meetings and just declare the healing power of God. So we did. And she said, you know, at the end of July, the cancer was uh, dissipating. It was going down, uh, so the specialist said. By the end of August, uh, she went to the specialist again, or they went to the specialist again, said, my husband uh, 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 was there, and the specialist said, I don't want to see you again because the cancer is completely gone. Amen. I love it when healings happen instantly, yeah? But often they don't. Often they happen over a period of time, and we keep declaring the healing power of God. And so... That's what they kept doing. And just a few weeks ago, I was at, I was at church. Uh, I happened to be here because uh, wasn't speaking somewhere else. And a lady came up to us at the end of the service and said, Look, I had a blood condition. You might be here this morning. But anyway, had a blood condition. And uh, uh, so came along to the healing meeting. Uh, two weeks later, I went back to the specialist. And the blood condition doesn't seem to be there. She said, uh, maybe that had something to do with prayer. I said, yeah, maybe. Maybe it did. Same day, uh, Karen was just beside me, and a lady came up, and you're probably here today, but this lady had a, came to the healing meetings, had a very sore neck, had migraines, constant migraines. Migraines can be so debilitating, yeah? And uh, she just woke up with a sore neck most days, and then would develop into a migraine many times a week. And she came to Karen and said, you know, I was, it was a few months ago, I, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I was on a Sunday morning, I was going to give a testimony about how God had healed me, but then I woke up on uh, Sunday morning with a really sore neck and a really bad migraine. There you go. <laughs> and but she said, from that day on, there have been no migraines and no sore neck. Is that right? That's still, that's, I, hope, I hope it's still the case. Yeah, yeah. No migraines, no sore neck. God heals today, yeah? Many years ago, I was asked to come up to, a, um, to the hospital. Uh, one of our um, students had a kidney transplant and the kidney wasn't taking it was it's a very uh, uh, huge operation got a new kidney kidney wasn't taking she was like a couple of days it was going to be the end of her life so her mum's Christian came to our church said can you just go up said sure so we went up youth pastor and I went up and the father wasn't a Christian he was pretty upset that we were there actually uh I mean, it's this little girl, right? It's this little girl, and she's about, doesn't know whether she's going to live or whether she's going to die. And here's these two guys coming in to pray for her. 
So I understand that. And so we went into the room very briefly, just began to declare the healing power of God. And from that day on, the new kidney began to take. She was as gray as gray. She, just, she was like just on death's door. But from that day on, the kidney began to function how it's meant to function. I met her years later, uh, uh, about 15 years later, and I said to her, uh, can I just ask you a, a personal question? <laughs> and if people had been around us and sort of, what, why are you asking this girl about her kidneys? Like anyway, so I said to her, what, how's, how are your kidneys doing? She said, oh, they're fantastic. Nothing's wrong at all. I said, are you taking any, any drugs, any, any prescription drugs or anything? She said, no, not one drug. She had a couple of kids and all is well. God heals today. Sometimes we'd like to see it more instant. But often, friends, as we just keep declaring healing in the name of Jesus, the most powerful name that's ever hit the planet, and he loves us so much. Friends, you'll never love God as much as he loves you. And he loves us. He loves us so much. He wants to heal our bodies as well. And so we're going to pray right now. And then after the meeting, when the meeting closes about three or four o'clock this afternoon, <laughs> what we'll do, what we'll do is uh, we'll uh, pray for people for healing. We'll lay hands on people and declare healing. So there's a couple of, couple of opportunities. But I just want to sow the seed for healing, if that's okay. So Father, in the name of Jesus, how about you put your hand on the part of your body or if it's your whole body, feel free to just put your hand on your part of your body in Jesus' name. And we declare the healing power of God right now. Father, right through this auditorium, Father, we thank you that you're the God who is with us. You're the God who is here. And we declare your healing power to invade people's lives from the crown of the head to the soles of the feet. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we sow that seed right now of healing in Jesus' name. And we speak life and health, every muscle, every tissue, every blood vessel from the crown of the head to the soles of the feet. We declare your healing power to invade people's bodies. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Look, take hold of your healing. Um, I've prayed this kind of thing for decades, actually. And people come up to me afterwards and said, Oh, when you prayed that prayer, I was at the back of the church, but God just instantly healed me right there. Or I knew that I was going to be healed. And from that day on, they just believed that God was going to heal them. Amen. So take hold of that even while we speak. So there are two questions. This morning, as we come around our theme of what is the theme? Well, what is it again? Sorry, love God, love people. So, just two questions as we come around that theme. What has God whispered to you during the message? And what will you do with what you've heard? What has God whispered to you? He wants to speak to us, He really does. And what will you do? with what you've heard? That's a harder question to answer. So keep that in your mind. Luke 15. I wonder if someone can tell me what Luke 15 is about. Luke 15. Maybe this side. What's the first story? What's the first story of Luke 15? There's three stories. What's the first one? It's the only time that Jesus ever 
speaks three stories and makes the same point. It's the only time he ever does this, but he never does it before, he never does it afterwards. He's making a point. The prodigal son. The... So what's the, first, what's the first story? Lost sheep. He leaves the what? He leaves the 99 and goes, finds the one that's lost. I work a lot in Europe, go to Europe two to three times a year, uh, aiming to plant churches that plant churches, and uh, got a bunch of churches in Holland, Belgium, France. Hard country. Hard, interesting countries. Great countries. I mean, if it ain't Dutch, it ain't much, right? <laughs> so, like, I mean, anyway, anybody Dutch here? Anybody got Dutch blood flowing? Oh, no wonder the whole place has just got the presence of God. Amen. <laughs> Wonderful. And so, so in, 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 in the south of Holland, like it's half a percent Christian. So we just got to leave. We got to leave the, we, we got to leave the one and go find the 99. And here's Jesus. Uh, who's he speaking to? Who's he speaking to? He's, he's speaking to the Pharisees and the, uh, the teachers of the religious law. He's speaking to religious people, people who knew the first five books of the Bible off by heart. And the tax collectors and other notorious sinners, I don't know what that means, but tax collectors and other bad sinners, bad people, naughty people, often came to listen to Jesus teach. And this made the Pharisees and the teachers of the law complain that he was associating with such sinful people. And not only that, he was eating with them. How disgusting. And so Jesus tells the story. The first one is about the lost a sheep. And he says, oh, you've got to rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents, returns to God, than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Then what's the second? What's the second story? It's the lost coin. Jesus is the master teacher, right? He, is an, he talks about an animal, and then he talks about money. Who's he talking to? Jewish people? Yeah. Probably some Dutch people? Yeah. So it's not only, it's not only a sheep, that's okay, but then there's money. And she lost a coin. She lost uh, 10%. Uh, she lost one coin out of 10. It must have been a... Very expensive coin. And so she, she's lighting a lamp. She searches the entire house. She finds it. She says, oh, I've got, got to call my friends and my neighbors. We've got to rejoice with me because I found my last coin. The same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels when even one sinner repents. He makes the same point again. First time he ever does this. Two times in a row. Does it three times. What's the third story about? Lost son. So he's really getting down to it now. He's like, he, he narrows it down from animal to money to a person. The most important people in our life, children. And this lost son just wants to get the inheritance. He, he, he wants to, he, he packed all his belongings, went to a distant land, wasted all his money in wild living. Then the money ran out, yeah? And uh, he goes, and Jesus is really hitting it here. Uh, he's kind of with the pigs now. Jewish people and pigs, interesting. So he's really nailing it. 
Then he's like, he's like, uh, the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Finally, he came to his senses and said to himself, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I'm going to go back to my father, and I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and you. No longer be worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a contract laborer, a hired servant. At least I'll have some food. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, and when the son came to him, he said, son, I want you to go to your room and think about what you've done. Is that what the father did? What did the father do? He was waiting. Number one, he was waiting at the gate. He was just waiting for his son who was They would have had a funeral. In that day, they would have had a funeral for him because he was dead. That's why it says at the end, uh, you know, your brother was dead and he's come back to life. He was lost and now he's found. And so he's waiting at the gate. Must have had a lot of faith for his son to come home. I don't know how many times, it doesn't say how many times he waited for him, but he must have done it often. And he's waiting at the gate. He sees his son coming. He, he, he runs to him. Wealthy people, rich people don't run. Uh, at, at, and, and he lifted up his, uh, his, his clothes and he ran to his son. And, and what did he do with, with his son? He was filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son. What did he do? He embraced him and he kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I sinned against both heaven and you. I, I'd no longer be worthy of called your son. But the father said, oh, quick. And he said to his servants, I want you to bring out the best. I want you to bring out the best robe, not just the robe. I want you to bring out the best robe. That signifies honor. He was just honoring him again. Wow. Treating him as a son. And I want you to get the, the, the ring for his finger, the ring signifies authority. He had power of attorney once again. What? Crazy. Giving this guy power of attorney again? And then he said, I want you to bring out the sandals. That signifies freedom. Shoes were only for a son. They weren't for the hired servants. And so he, and so he, he, he gives the son this. And then not only that, the, the father's crazy. He says, I want, you to, I want you to bring the fatted calf, and what we're going to do is we're going to have a barbecue. We're going to have a barbecue of barbecues. We're going to get some music. We're going to get some dancing happening. We're going to have a ball here. And then what happens? The oldest son comes into the scene. He comes in from the fields. He heard the music and the dancing, and he became very angry. He became very upset and refused to go in. The father pleaded with him to go in. And Luke 15, verse 29 to 30 says, 
The older son answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, he doesn't even say, my, my brother, he says, the son of yours who's squandered your property with prostitutes. Father never mentioned that. He does. And he comes home and you kill the fatted calf for him. And then the... Father speaks, and three themes come through. And friends, these are three discipleship themes that run right through the New Testament. Often we're focused on the son, the prodigal son who's come home, and that's good. But what about the older son? The older son who stayed and he worked, he was responsible. He obeyed the father. Sometimes... I wonder if Christians can be like the older son. Nobody here, of course. Because he stayed around. He worked hard. He was responsible. He obeyed. He, and, and, and he felt like he'd missed out. If the older son had realized the father, like if he had just watched the father, Dad, why are you going out to the gate again? Father could have told him. He didn't go there once. He went out many times, it seems. The oldest son lived in the father's house, but he didn't know the father's heart. We can live in the father's house, but not know the father's heart. It's all about Jesus. Amen. It always is. And the father answers this really firmly and powerfully. Verse 31, last few verses. He says, my son, you're always with me. And everything, everybody say everything. Everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and he's found. Three themes that run through the New Testament and a lot of the Old Testament. The first theme is, you're always with me. God is with us. The one who created the heavens and the earth is always with us. Not with just special people. In the Old Testament, it was special people, special times, special places. In the New Testament, 400 years of silence, here comes Jesus. And his name is Emmanuel, which means, God, what does it tell me? From the back row to the front, which means what? God with us. First time in history. God with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. His address is your address and your address is his address. Wherever you go, God is. You can be 30,000 feet in the air and God is there. You can be walking along the street. You can be biking. You can be in the car. You can be at the office, wherever. God is with you. Why? Because you're there. God is there. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. No matter how you feel, he's with you. Wow. It's the great, one of the great themes of the Bible. 
A lady came into my office. I'll call her Jane. A number of years ago. And she said, I, you know, I come to church, I, I, and I hear you say all the time, I hear you say, oh my goodness, you know, um, you always say about God is with us. She said, I, I know God, but I just don't feel that he's with me. He's, he's far away from me. And I just want to talk about that. It's a long story, uh, and we want to get home tonight. So it's a long story, and... And about 20 minutes in, we started to ask the question, and I got it just to work with us. I said, where is God for you? Is he in front, behind, above, below, beside? Where, where is he? Where, where is he for you? He said, oh, he's there, but he's behind a huge brick wall, a massive brick wall. Oh, God's there, but he's way behind that wall. It's far away. I said, okay, what, what does he want to say to that brick wall? And this is where I got a little stuck, because she said, mm, he's not saying anything. And I thought, oh, shoot. What do we do now? God's not speaking? What's that about? And I thought, hang on. I said, what's happening to the wall? She said, oh, it's crumbling. I said, what? She said, the wall's crumbling. It's just falling down. It's just dissipating. It's, it's not falling over. It's just crumbling. The wall's disappearing. I said, where's God? Oh, he's right there. He's coming through. He's just right there. And she, by this time, had tears in her eyes. And she's, she's just like, oh, God, God is with me. God's right there. Amen. Sometimes we don't need to yell at the darkness. We just need to switch on the light. Yeah? Sometimes he just, sometimes he just doesn't talk, but his look is good enough. And maybe you're going through a dark time or a difficult time or a struggle time. Anybody ever been through a difficult time in their, in their life? Three people. It's amazing. <laughs> How many have been ever through a difficult time? Come on, I'm putting my two hands up. And Sometimes God doesn't speak in those times. But he just looks, he's there. He's always there. He's with you in those times. Yeah? What we, friends, we need that revelation that God is with us. He's not a far away God. He's a close by God. And as a disciple, do you know that God is always with you? That, God, that you are where God is and God is where you are? What a revelation that is. And just begin to declare that time and time again, day by day. Lord, I thank you that you're with me. I thank you that you're with me. I thank you, Lord, that you're with me. Wherever you're going, thank you, Lord. Just say it a few times. And by the end of a month or two, you'll just know that God is with you. And you're not declaring something kind of mind over matter. You're declaring truth. You're declaring the truth of the whole New Testament right there. God is indeed with us wherever you are no other religion, no other faith promises this, but God does, and he delivers. He's with you. The second theme is this, everything I have is yours. These are huge discipleship issues, yeah? Everything I have is yours. Turn to the person next to you and say, everything that you know, God has is yours. 
Everything that God has is yours. You're going to say everything that I have is yours. No, no, no. Everything that God has is yours. Second Peter chapter 1 says, His divine power has given us what? His divine power has given us everything. His divine power has given us everybody. Everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Amen. We are able, He invites us to participate in His divine nature day by day by day. So, what do you need? And in Him is everything. Romans 8, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, gives life to your mortal body. The same spirit, the same power, the same spirit raised Jesus from death is in you and me. John 14, he believes in me, will do the same works I have done, carries on. This is a great message in its own, but we won't talk about that. You can ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, he says. Ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. I wonder if we live at half strength. I wonder if we live at quarter strength as Christians sometimes. Because just don't ask. Ask me for anything in my name, I'll do it. Yes, he says it twice. Ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Psalm 23. I tend to bring this out in most messages. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd. He's not your apostle, your prophet, your teacher. Your, your, what, he's your shepherd, friends. Let him shepherd you. I will not be in want. I shall not be in want. How cool is that? He makes me lie down in green pasture. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths righteousness for his name. Say, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Friends, friends, where there's a shadow, there's light. God is with us. I fear no evil. You are with me. You're rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table. Before me in the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Wonderful. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's the kind of everything psalm of God. Do you remember when when Jesus had had this kind of thing going on and there was like thousands of people there? It was like it wasn't meant to be a picnic, but he said to the disciples, how about we feed these folks? And they thought, there's no KFC here. There's no McDonald's around the place. How can we feed all these thousands of people after he's given a talk and, and, and after he, he preached to them? And, and then Andrew comes and he somehow gets a little boy's lunch. That's the first miracle. <laughs> I have three boys. I understand that. And he goes to, his, and he goes to uh, uh, Jesus and says, oh, here's, a, uh, here's a few fish and a few loaves. And he goes, and then he looks at the crowd and goes, well, yeah, but what's all that <laughs> amongst all these folks? I mean, this is ridiculous. Why did I say that? Jesus said, give it to me. The bread only multiplied after Jesus broke the bread. I wonder what he wants to multiply in your life. Give it to Jesus. Just give it to Jesus. He loves you. 
And he loves others. He loves this world. He loves us more than we'll ever love him. The Father shows that. The third theme is we had to rejoice. We had to rejoice. Celebration. Why? Why do we celebrate? For that which is lost is found. The third time it's mentioned. When a person is lost and they're found, we had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and now he's found. In fact, that's the main point of these three stories. We had to celebrate. We had to rejoice. Three major themes. Major themes of the Bible. Number one, you're always with me. Do you have a faraway God or is he close by God? Allow him to be close by. He's right there. He loves us. We love him, but he loves us. He first loved us. I didn't want God 47, 48 years ago. I was struggling with all this business of God. He was after me. It was like the father ran, like the father ran to the son. He he ran to, and he's waiting for us, friends. He's just waiting for us, and he embraces us. Everything I have is yours. What an amazing God, yeah? It's not because of your goodness. It's not because of, it's not because of that you're so amazing, this, and you are. But it's because of his grace, his mercy, his goodness, his love for you. You're always with me. What's the first point? What's the first point? What's the first point? You're always with me. Second, everything I have is yours. Imagine living in that. Wonder what you need today. And the third thing is, let's rejoice. Let's celebrate. Father, we thank you. So I want to ask you the question again, what has God whispered to you? And what will you do with what you've heard? I wonder if we can all stand, please. And maybe you're here today and You once knew God, but you know that you're far away from God. You know that you have disengaged with God, and for some reason you're here today. That's no accident. And God wants to engage with you, and He's waiting for you. He is. He's like waiting at the gate for you to say yes to Him. 
Maybe you're here and you've never asked Christ to come into your life. I did this 47 years ago, 48 years ago. Best decision I ever made. I never realized what that decision meant. Knew a little bit, but not much. But he's waiting for you, the Savior, King Jesus. Jesus, the one who created the heavens and the earth, is waiting for you. Father God is waiting for you. And if that's you today and you want to say, and I'm going to pray a prayer, and if you want to say yes to Jesus, and I prayed a similar prayer many years ago. don't know exactly, but it's a similar prayer. I asked God to forgive me of those things that I've done wrong and I wanted him to be the boss. I wanted him to be the leader of my life. And I asked him to come in to my life and he did. He was waiting for me just to simply respond to him. He's such a loving God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray. And if you, if you, I'm not going to ask people to come out the front. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand in a moment, but we're going to first pray. And then I want from the back row to the front, let's all pray after me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're waiting for me. And I ask you to come into my life. I turn from the things that I've done wrong. I repent. And I ask you to be my savior, to be my friend, and help me to make you Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If that's you, I'd like you just to raise your hand if you've prayed that prayer for the very first time or you're first time you're just you're just engaging with God again just every head bowed every eye closed just for a moment just give it a bit of privacy and we just want to just raise your hand really high that's great anybody else just want to give this opportunity that's great thank you excellent excellent anybody else you know the father waited so we can He so wants us to respond. We're never meant to live without God, friends. Never. Never meant to live without Him. Anybody else? For those who have lifted their hands, there is a pack for you. There is. Uh, we want to give you some stuff that will help you on your journey. Father, we thank you for who you are thank you that you love us in fact you loved us first and then we're able to love you there's no way we can love you without you loving us and Lord we we say again we love you thank you for loving us help us to love others no matter who they are help us to love others a bit of a lifelong journey but help us to do that Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us. 
Friends, if you're a Christian and you've never been baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit and move in the gifts, can I really encourage you to receive prayer at the end of this service? You're never meant to live without the Holy Spirit. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I asked Jesus to come to my life about, a, you know, within nine months I was backslidden and people were praying for us like crazy. And then God filled me with this Holy Spirit and a whole new life opened up. We're never meant to live without the Holy Spirit living in us. We need His power. Amen? We need His power to live day by day to do the things that God wants us to do. You can't do it. You can't do it. Don't try to do it yourself. You can't do it. Impossible. Can't even clean ourselves. Sheep are one of the only animals that can't clean themselves. And we're likened to sheep have gone astray and Holy Spirit comes and cleans us up and He helps us in the difficult times. Thank you, Jesus. Gives us so many gifts. Thank you, Father. If this message has meant something for you, I'd like you just to raise your hand. I just want to pray for you as we finish. Lord, we just thank you. If this message has meant something for you, just raise your hand really high. Father, I thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for all these wonderful people that are raising their hands right now. We declare the purposes of God. I pray, Father, that Holy Spirit, that you would remind each one of us about what's been said today, what's been said specifically by your Spirit to each one. Just remind us through this week Remind us through the weeks ahead so we're able to be the people that you indeed want us to be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that you waited for us, that you embrace us. Lord, we thank you for the kiss of heaven in our lives. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Amen and amen.